good to be here and it's the last Sunday. You know, that's a little bit of a sad but happy time. Yes. Uh, I Going to the building last on Tuesday, it's amazing. You're going to love it. Oh, it's such a great building. Um, today you're wondering, what is she doing? Well, today you have come to two, two for the price of one. You're getting a cooking class lesson. And you're also getting the Word of God. But the other way around, you're getting a preach from the Word of God and you're also going to get a cooking class. You know, life is full of ingredients, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Well, today I'm going back to my heritage of being a wog and uh, Italian. I can say that and not be offended, but you can't say it because I'll be offended. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, and so I was, today I'm going to preach on the ingredients of a successful life. And in life there are, there are many ingredients, but there are, I believe there are some particular ingredients in our life that if put in, it will really help us. And the Word of God shows us what those ingredients are. Now, we know that God is at the foundation of everything and, and God being in, a, in first place in our life is the most important thing. Um, and we know that, we believe that, and, uh, which is a good thing. So just getting my ingredients together. Uh, and... Yeah, so this morning we are going to learn how to make homemade pasta. You can do tagliatelle, you can do it lasagna way, you can do it linguine, you can do whatever you want. But today I'm making tagliatelle. And you can make it at home. It is so simple. And uh, once you've had the real thing, it's very hard going back to what you used to have, just brought pasta. Now, you think I make pasta at home all the time? No, I don't. <laughs> I, I only do it every now and again because it is, take, does take time. Um, but once you've had the real thing, it's really like eating bought pasta is like, oh, man, give me that silky, smooth, nice homemade pasta. It's tastier. It's healthier, no preservatives. It glides down. It's even, you don't even have to chew sometimes. It just slides right down. I remember cooking this. I remember making homemade pasta. Pastor Shane Willard, he came to our home for a meal. And I made homemade pasta. And, and again, I don't do this all the time. So, uh, and I said, oh, he's probably never had home. Being American, you know, they're all big meals and fatty th- things. And, you know, and so I said, I'll make homemade pasta. And so I made it and he's... So this is homemade pasta, but actually, you know, what you buy is just, you know, full of preservatives. This is like dinky dye from scratch. And so he eats it, and then he's like, oh, my gosh, you've ruined me. You've ruined me. Now I can never have bought pasta without this sense of wanting homemade pasta. And he's eating more, and he's in. I'm thinking, gosh, hasn't he eaten all day or something? So that's the difference when you have a good homemade pasta. But there are four ingredients in, in life. And as I said, God is a foundation of all our life. But number one, the first ingredient in life is love. Love is our first ingredient. I'm really falling apart this morning. It's a good thing this is not recorded, is it? It doesn't matter. (laughs) Who cares? You get what you get with me. (laughs) 
And love is a foundation, just like one cup of flour to make homemade pasta. And this is probably serves about um, two in my house, one. <laughs> one cup. Flour is a foundation of making pasta. You take these notes because you can make this at home and enjoy your own homemade pasta, right? So one cup of flour to make, that's a foundation of our pasta. If I don't have flour, you're not going to have pasta. You can't make it with my other ingredients. The foundation is flour. And so is love in our life. We can have everything in life. We can have the latest, the greatest job, we can have the greatest house, we can have the, you know, the best partner, spouse, we can have the just the best of life, right? But if we have love, the Bible says it's like just a, without love, you're a resounding gong. You're like just making a noise. It's 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 noise. That's all. It's nothing. But with love, having having love as our foundation is what God asks us to have. And first Peter Peter First Peter 4:8 says above all constantly echo intense. Another word for intense is fervent. Fervent love. Above all constantly echo God's intense love for one another for love will be a canopy like a covering over a, a multitude of sins. You know Peter commands Christians to work hard at loving one another. Now, I'm not the perfect lover. You know, I like there are times in my life that it's hard to love. I remember being, and you're going to look at me and go, what, Nina? I always thought you were loving. Yeah, well, yeah, I try to be. Um, <laughs> but I remember when I was in Bible college, um, and there was this guy who just was so annoying. He was like sandpaper. He just thought he knew everything. I'd talk about something. Yeah, I know about that. You talk about something. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, this. He had an opinion about everything. He knew everything. And it was just annoying. Do you ever meet people? You wouldn't. Nah. You wouldn't know people like that. Hey, just annoying. They know everything. They're just every every discussion they've got an opinion on. And it's just... So I actually had to work on that. I can't, couldn't just live and, you know, ignore him. I had to learn to love him. That's just who he was. And I just chose that I would listen to him and take time for him and love him. But I needed a lot of help from God to love him. And uh, in our lives, we are going to, to encounter people like that. that. Sometimes it's just hard to love. But God will give you the love as you ask for it. For that person. You know, the Greek word for fervent, which I said to you before, is ekatini, is translated. You say it, ekatini? You all can speak Greek. It's translated as deeply, earnestly, or fervently as the word is. Um, and it's used to describe the muscles of an athlete training to win a race. You work at it. And it is loving someone to love, you have to work at it. Whether it's people you get on well with, whether it's people that you don't get on well with, you have to work to show it. Peter writes to the Christians and, and he says, above all, he says, above all, have love for one another above all. Above everything, it's love. Love is the foundation. Above everything. As a believer, it's our first priority to love to show love, to show the love of Jesus through us to other people. 
um, is to go out of your way and show love to other people. Jesus is our greatest example. And we know when he walked on earth, he went about doing good to all mankind. And he loved all mankind. It didn't matter where you came from, what happened, what you did, he loved. And uh, sometimes, I don't know about you, sometimes it is hard to love someone who's hurt you or who's offended you or who's done wrong by you. Am I talking to familiar people? It's just me. Sometimes it's really hard. But, But the Bible says a love, love above all else, show love. You all know my dad passed away last October and in the, in, he was given three weeks to live and so I quickly rushed down to Adelaide to, to be with him. And long story short, there was a, a remarkable how he lived for three months and, uh, and you just go like, it was given a diagnosis of three weeks but yet he lived for three months. And I wondered why because the doctors couldn't work out why the specialists couldn't work out why is this man still alive after three months and what had happened in the time that I was there I was back and forth back and forth caring for him there was a a, we just showed love to every carer that came in we showed love to every nurse that came in and mainly it was carers and occasionally a nurse and we showed love how do we show love we didn't preach Jesus, you know, da da da. We just showed love by listening to them, talking with them, engaging them, feeding them lots of biscuits, leaving them coffee, you know. But I really believe that in our home, my dad was very loving and my mum very loving, very hospitable. And in that home, when, when the nurses, the carers would come in, they would feel that sense of that presence, that, that comfortability, that love in the home. And um, so much so that there was supposed to be one carer who was the consistent carer. But we noticed that there were different carers coming in. And we're like, so when the other carer came in, the, the original carer, my sister said, you know, why, does, why are we getting different carers, different nurses, not carers, different nurses coming in to put, you know, do things, check him over? He goes, because I've been telling everyone how amazing you guys are. And they all want to come and, and, <laughs> and have a look. And so much so that she was telling the, the actual surgeon, who the, his doc, the doctor over him in the hospital, and uh, he was like, well, can I go there? <laughs> can I check it out myself? So he came, he came over, and I honestly believe it was because they sensed a love that they never sensed before. And that was, was the love of God. That was the love of Jesus in our lives, that we didn't... Uh, we, were, we were kind. The Bible talks about in Corinthians that love is patient, love is kind, love is long-suffering. Long you know, if you want to learn what love is, it's a big list of things. It's not just like, oh, you're really nice, love you, bye. It's more than that. It's going out of your way. It's being kind. And in that home, we didn't go about going, we're going to show love today. We're going to wake up and show love today. It's just who we were. It's just who we are. It's just who my dad was. And, and I really believe it in that three-month period. I believe he lived longer, not because of uh, the condition, because the condition was supposed to kill him in three weeks, but I believe he lived longer because God had a plan for so many different nurses to come in as a specialist to come in and sense what real love is, what the love of God is. And uh, so, you know, in your workplace, in your schools, in your life, 
you're not a person who talks much or shows love much, start doing it. Start just showing, you know, love is shown in many ways. As I said, the Bible is very being kind, paying a compliment to someone. Not flattery, genuine. All right? Flattery is terrible. But being genuine, showing up, going out of your way, helping your neighbours, doing things like that. That's what love is, is, is being kind to one another, is going out of your way. In Jesus told his disciples in John 13, a new commandment I give unto you is love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. What makes you different from everyone else out there is the love that you have for one another, is going out of your way. Now, I know sometimes we're busy, aren't we? And sometimes I go, oh, I really should call and check on my neighbour who's sick. I really should do that because, like, I should do that. But I haven't got time. Oh, I've got to try. And just going out of your way for a few minutes just to check on your neighbour and see how that, that goes a long way to, to those next door. And they see they're different from the one across the road and there and there because they know, and they know that I'm a Christian, and they know that it's a different love than everyone else. 1 Corinthians 1.5 tells us that love keeps no record of wrong. Oh, oh, now I'm going to touch a nerve. Okay, love keeps no record of wrong. Who has been hurt in this place? Yeah, that sounds about right. If there was a bug in my flower, right? And I, oh, there's a bug. Oh, wow, a bug. They won't notice. You go, my gosh, I'm ever going to eat her homemade pasta. A a bug will ruin the whole recipe. A bug will ruin the whole flour. So I either pick it out and get rid of it, or I chuck the whole flour out. And so it is with bitterness. So it is with an offence. If you hold on to offence, you know what happens? You're the one who doesn't sleep. You're the one who gets the ulcer. You're the one whose mind is all-consuming. What do they say? The, the, the saying is, is, is like the bitterness is, is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. That's what bitterness is. It actually affects you. The other person's living life. They don't even care. They don't even realise there is an offence. You know, they just go on with life. But God wants us to live with love. God wants us to forgive one another. And that is really hard. And again, just like love, love, God help me to love one another. God help me to forgive that person. And the best way to do that is, is making a decision. I'm going to forgive that person and ask God to help me to forgive that person. Uh, I found many times when if I've been offended or something has happened, I go and pray for that person. It's not what I want to do, but it's a choice that I make. And at the be- and I don't pray like God knock them down with a brick, God let them have a car accident, God you know. I don't pray like that. I just pr- I start praying God, God help me to love them, God help me to forgive them, God. And then it goes into, once I've come past that, it goes into the point of God, no, actually really bless them. Bless their family. Bless their children. 
When you get to that point, you know you've let it go on. You know that you've let that hurt, that pain go. Till probably two hours later, it comes back again, do it again. Until you release that, that pain or that hurt and that unforgiveness. And it's really important to, to do that. We, um, we see that number two, the second ingredient in living a, a successful life is knowledge. Now, we all know that we remember that scripture in the Bible. There's a scripture that says knowledge puffs up, right? So we've got to be careful that we don't get too knowledgeable, too much that we become arrogant. It's really good always to learn about things, whatever it is, whether it be lifestyle, whether it be from the word of God, obviously always good to learn and learn from the word of God because that will help you to live that successful life. But whatever it is, is, is important to have knowledge and to learn. Now, I know a guy who's been studying, not working, he's been a professional student. In, he's now in his 50s. He's a professional student. Right? Knows everything about everything, but has no understanding about anything. <laughs> right? He's a professional student. And, and honestly, you'd think he's, he's just come out of the forest. The, you know, like he's... It's because knowledge is too much knowledge is actually not good for a person. You can have all this knowledge, but it doesn't do anything. Knowledge is important. And knowledge is what we accumulate through learning. Proverbs 18:15 says, "Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. We must be learners. Learners are made, they're not born. I was not definitely not born as a uh, learner. I had to learn. I had to discipline myself. I had to discipline myself to study. I had to discipline myself to learn. Now, if, if something breaks, I don't get to go, oh, I'm going to go to a new one. No, no, no. I go to YouTube. I go to YouTube and I learn how to fix it and I save my husband lots of money because I'm a learner. I'm like, no, 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 we can fix this. Tori will go, no, mum, just get a new dishwasher. Just that, no, I'm going to I'm going to find I'll, my head, my legs are sticking out of the dishwasher and I'm in there repairing the dishwasher because I'm learning. YouTube told me it's this part. Sure enough, it's that part. So we'll get that part and we'll put that part in. You know, be a learner. Just don't, don't feel that, you know, oh, I, I, I've got enough knowledge. That's enough. I'm comfortable now. Always learn. Always be learning. But more than anything, learn. Study the Word of God. Because it's, it's out of reading the Word of God that's going to solve a situation that you may be facing. Out of the Word of God, it might give you the vision that you need to do for the future. Out of the word of God, it might tell you how to treat your children, how to be with your children. Out of the word of God, it will teach you how to love your spouse, how to love that person that you're having difficulty at work. It's incredible how much you can get out of the word of God. It's a manual for living our life. Study it and uh, you will go a long way in life without falling over. We must all be learners. We need to always improve in our life. You know, learn, read how to be a better spouse, how to be a better worker, how to be a better friend, how to be a better whatever in your field of vocation, how to be a better student, how to be a better, a, a better Christian. Learn, study, learn, study, learn, study. Obtaining knowledge is one of the 
fundamental and important processes in life. It opens the gates to understanding and gives new scope in solving prevalent but difficult situations. It is defined as facts, information, skills acquired through experience or education or practical understanding of a subject. However, it could also be described as a progression in life. Those who learn get further, right? Want to be a doctor? I have to study seven, eight, whatever, lifetime. (laughs) Whatever you do, you have to... There is no shortcuts. Um... There are no shortcuts. My kids sometimes thought there were shortcuts, but there's no shortcuts. In order to graduate, you have to study. You have to learn. In order to, to learn a new skill, you have to study. You have to learn. Proverbs 3, 1 to 5 reminds us, My son, do not forget my teachings. Let your heart keep my commandments. For length of the days and years of your life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart so you will find favour and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Be a learner. Be a learner. So it is with God's word as as we read it, we know more about God. We know, learn more about Jesus. We learn how to live our life, how to be a Christian, how to live a successful life, how to combat obstacles as we learn, as we read. And so it is. The next ingredient says to add a pinch, a pinch of salt to this flour. So a pinch of salt is like knowledge. Now, what does a pinch of salt do? Knowledge, it causes, it actually enhances a dish. Gives it flavour to the whole dough. It, it causes a better tasting pasta. It's not, it's not tastes just like flour. And so it is with knowledge. When we add knowledge, we're tastier. We're not boring, right? We're interesting to people. Like, have you ever been with someone and they know something about something? And you go, oh, you're really interesting to listen to. Like there's this interest about them because they know something about what they're talking. They're not talking out of their head or ear. You know, we're not boring, we're not bland. We, and we advance when we know what we know about whatever it is, whether it be in faith, whether it be in our vocation. Knowledge is important. So the third ingredient to living a successful life is understanding. Understanding, understanding it's what brings it all together. Understanding brings it all together. Understanding something you know because you live through it. Ah, oh, I understand that now because I experienced that. Now I understand what they meant about don't go there. Ah, I went there and I understand what they meant about that. Understanding is actioning your love and your knowledge. I, I can explain it like this. I can talk to you all about my pasta and it's nice and it's tasty and it glides down. It doesn't give you indigestion, doesn't give you heartburn. It sits like really lovely in your stomach, right? I can tell you, but until you've eaten my pasta, you're never going to understand what I'm talking about, yeah. right? And so it is. Until you apply love and knowledge to your life, you're never going to understand how it all works in together. 
how it helps in our life. Understanding is grasping knowledge, the information and the facts, and outworking it in our everyday life. To the basic laws of principles and how they relate in three areas of our life, be it personal, be it spiritual, or be it in this world. Understanding enables us to see the big picture of any situation. We've got the information, we know the knowledge, but understanding, once you put that knowledge into practice, you activate that knowledge, you understand what it actually is. So back to my recipe. I need to add, understanding is like adding an egg, one egg to the recipe. So I might do a little well and put the egg in the middle, right? So that's understanding is my equivalent to adding an egg. Um, eggs are, bring structure to a recipe, okay? It brings richness, it actually brings colour and it adds stability to the dough. And so when we add understanding to any situation that is escalated, what it actually does, it brings stability. When you understand, when you've been through a difficult time and you're talking with someone else who's going through a difficult, difficult time, you understand, you have empathy. You go, I, I remember going through something similar, so I understand what they need. They need to have unload themselves. They need to, for me to spend time with them. That you, whatever it may be, when you understand because you've been through a situation, you know how to have empathy, you know how to treat another person because you understand what they're going through. Now, sometimes you go, I've never been through it. How am I ever going to understand what that person's going through? Well, the good thing is, is the Holy Spirit helps us at this place. He, re he reminds us, he helps us, but he also gives us a word what to do to help the other person. Might be bringing a meal. It might be sitting and listening to them week after week. You know, when people go through separation and divorce, it's, it's, it's tough. Their, their world falls apart. Even when they want it to end, it's still... They say, they say that um, people who... They did a survey in Germany, over 35,000 people who were divorced, they were interviewed five, six years later, and they said, what would you do differently? And... They, and the majority of them said we would never divorce because it was harder on the other end. It was the, the kids working through the pain, everything else caused it really hard. Now I understand some circumstances you've got to get out um, because it's just not good staying in. But you see, when you understand what a person's gone through, there is an, a, an empathy that you can bring. But when you don't understand just because you haven't gone through it, at least you can say, Holy Spirit, what can I say to them? What can I bring to them? And that's when the Holy Spirit, he may remind you of a scripture. He may remind you of something that someone else said to you once when they went through something. And you can bring that. You know, it's like bringing a, a soothing to their wound. Having someone who will sit down. No saying with divorced people, they'll repeat their story every week. Mark and I ran a, a separation and divorce care for 10 years back in Adelaide and it was just a group of people who were people who were separated and divorced. And we, we did a meeting of it like this, like this, but also we have time of fellowship. You know, and every week we would listen to the same story from the same people repeating the same story. Now, I wasn't going to go, yeah, you told me that last week. Like... Like, come on, move on, really? You know, that's no understanding. That's actually no love, and that's definitely no knowledge. 
<laughs> right? I said, to her, I'm, I'm, that's really sad. I'm, I'm, really so, I'm really sorry that you are in such pain right now. Can I give you a hug? Can I pray for you? I'm going to pray. I'm going to stand with you. You know, and being that, that's understanding. That's being what they need for that person. Maybe they don't need any of those things, but they just need you to listen. Listening is very valuable. In a world that we live, we just don't have time, do we? Right? We're all busy. There's always an agenda. There's always something. But can I encourage you? Pause. If someone's in your world, whether it be in your work, whether it be that you come in contact with, they want to talk, just pause and just listen. What a difference you make into their life just by listening. So we've got the flower, which is the foundation, is love. We've got the salt, which is knowledge. knowledge. We've got the egg, which is understanding. understanding. Good, Good students. The egg brings structure. The Holy Spirit will help us in our, under, in our understanding. Proverbs 2.4 2 says, Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Seek for them like hidden treasures. In every situation, learn to have understanding. Understanding. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you understanding. When we add the egg, right, that brings the, some of the ingredients together. That, that adds the colour. That adds the structure. But our fourth ingredient is wisdom. And wisdom comes from God. Wisdom is the ability to put knowledge and understanding to use to use it in life's decisions and to avoid problems and increase in our success. The greatest wisdom of all time comes from God, as I said, and in all areas of our life. We can pray and ask for wisdom. You know, King Solomon, who was one of the greatest kings in the Bible, God said, What do you want? What do you want? And it's interesting, he never asked for knowledge. He didn't ask for more love. He didn't ask how to, uh, for a lottery ticket. He didn't ask for so many other things. One thing that he asked, the greatest thing, actually God says it's the greatest thing that he could ever ask for. He asked for wisdom. Now, I know we all need wisdom, but as a king, you need even more greater wisdom to lead a nation. To, to govern, but we all need wisdom in our life. And God commended him for asking for such a thing that he granted him wisdom. He knew, he knew that he was the wisest man on earth who would ever live because he asked for wisdom. James 1.5 says, And if every, anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom, and he will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Amen. Ask for wisdom. You don't know what to do in a situation? 
Pray and ask for wisdom. James is saying, in the book of James, he's saying, ask for it. If you ask for it, God will give it to you. King Solomon asked for wisdom. What did he get? He got wisdom. There was a situation with King Solomon. There was a struggling of a time. There was a famine, and there were two women who had babies. But one baby, one baby died, and so the other one had her alive baby. And so she, they go to the king to intercede, to, so hopefully he will... Um, you know, she, the other lady's baby died, said, no, that's my baby. That's my baby. You took my baby, knowing full well her baby died. But she wanted that baby. And so they went before the king. And this is the wisdom of King Solomon, how wise he was. He said to them, okay, right, there is a situation here. And what we'll do is, what we'll do is we'll kill her baby too. We'll kill her baby. Your baby's dead, so we'll kill the baby, then then there's not going to be an issue. Right? And as soon as he said that, the mother of the actual baby, the lady who lost her baby said, yeah, that's a great idea. Kill her baby. Right? And there and then he realized that's not her baby. That's the mother who was going, you can't kill my baby. And so the wisdom of understanding goes a long way. It solves problems. It solves issues. It solves so much when you know wisdom. When people come and see me, I always pray. And I pray, God, I pray a couple of things. But one of the things that I pray is that the Holy Spirit will give me wisdom to know to get to the chase, to get to the root cause of what's happening in their life rather than talking surface, but go, what actually happened in their lives that actually is the root cause of all this that is going on? We all know that if the root is bad, the fruit is bad, right? If the root is dead, eventually the tree would die. And so always pray, God, give me wisdom in this situation. But you too can pray for wisdom in your situation. Wherever you are, pray and ask for wisdom. Proverbs 3, 13 to 18 says, Blessings pour over the ones who find wisdom, for they obtain for they have obtained living understanding. And wisdom increases a great treasure is imparted, greater than many bars of refined gold. That's pretty refined gold is pretty cool. Not gold here, but bars of it, it's pretty cool. But he's saying wisdom is better than that. It is more valuable, a more valuable commodity than gold and gemstones, for there is nothing you desire that could compare with to her. Wisdom extends to you long life in one hand and wealth and promotion in the other. Out of her mouth flows righteousness and her words release both law and mercy. And the ways of wisdom are sweet, always drawing you into the place of wholeness. Seeking for her brings the discovery of untold blessings. That's wisdom. For she is the healing tree of life to those who taste her fruits. Wow. That's a pretty good proverb right there. Wisdom is more valuable than precious jewels. Nothing you could ever want will compare with wisdom. Wisdom offers you long life. That's pretty cool. And what do you need to do to get it is ask. Ask for wisdom. A commentary from Roger Meyer in September 2019, he says this. He says, how to live skillfully. Wisdom is the ability to understand and use the true knowledge to deal with life's issues and challenges and live life successfully. It is the ability to accurately assess, assess problems to discern the best course of action. This is wisdom. Knowing 
what to do in this situation, and then to act prudently to resolve the problems. Wisdom will help us manage our health, our livelihood, our possessions, our relationships with others. Wisdom will help us have peaceful sleep and overcome fear and and be happy and live a successful life. That is what wisdom does. Pretty good, pretty good rap right there about wisdom. And uh, we all need wisdom. Back to my recipe, we add three tablespoons, I add about four tablespoons. And this is like wisdom. When we add the water to a recipe, we actually bring in it all together. And as we bring it all together, it combines every ingredient, the flour, the salt, and the egg. And that's how you get a dough that, that is basically your pasta dough. How easy is that? Quite simple, isn't it? You all can go home and make pasta in a very short time using all those ingredients. And we find that, as I'm going to mix that into a dough, water is the ingredient of considerable, considerable importance to, to a dough. Water serves as solvent. It disperses, as I said, the salt, the egg and the flour, just as wisdom is to bring knowledge and understanding together. And now I can knead it into a small dough, which I'm going to do very quickly, into a small dough. What you do is you knead it till it's nice and soft and silky and uh, it'll come together very, very lovely. You know, without wisdom, we can have wrong timings and wrong timings in addressing situations when you don't have wisdom. You know, basically, the end, I'm just coming to the end. You know, you... you Put that into a dough till it's nice and silky. You can roll it out and a bit of flour, roll it out. You can cut it into a rect- roll it into a rectangle and you can do it into strips. Or you, this is something that I prepared earlier and that's basically what happens when you get tagliatelle. So there are the ingredients to pasta, but it's in combining... Oh, that's great, isn't it? It's combining all those ingredients. But, you know, a really nice pasta. I got pasta, but it, if I boil this up, right... It's just like, with no sauce, it's just not nice. But to make a sauce, which I'm not going to do right now, a sauce takes several meats, a good sauce, several different quality of meats, obviously tomato sauce, but you need to simmer for a long, long time to get a really good sauce. I have the musos as I close right now. And because with simmering, what it does for a long process, all the flavours come out of the meat to produce a really good sauce. So it is with our lives. Ingredients in our lives take time. Working at love. You need to work at love. You're not going to wake up every morning going, I love everyone. (laughs) You're not. So you have to ask God, help me to love. Oh, thank you. Help me to love. Yeah, that's great. Help me to love... um, that person that at work. Knowledge. Let us simmer, learn, grow, understanding, wisdom. It takes time to be, for it to become part of our lives. Not just a temporary flavour. It needs to simmer in life so it becomes love is part of you, knowledge is part of you, understanding is part of you. Wisdom is part of you. That, that's how you live your life, with those ingredients. You know, I know I'm not going to actually do an altar call where I get people at the front and 
pray for you. But I do want you all to stand as the musos just start playing. And You know, today, you may be here. I'll just leave it on. Today, you may be here and you don't know God. And you go, what the heck is she, what's this got to do with church? Cooking lesson, I came to, to hear a message, right? You get two for one, as I said to you before. I, I do illustration messages so you remember. So you remember, okay, love. I need to apply love in my life. Knowledge, understanding, wisdom, just like making pasta. Those ingredients are going to be part. So tomorrow morning, when you wake up and you have your time with God and your, your, your quiet time, you pray and you ask God, God, I want those ingredients in my life today. I'm not going to, I don't know what I'm going to face. Perhaps you work like an Amora. She works in a lab. There's like, she needs bulk of knowledge and understanding, wisdom and all that stuff. Um, you know, to know if you're in a situation even at work, um, to, to be able to say, God, I, I really need wisdom here what to do or perhaps knowledge in how to make this work to know how to do it understanding with someone who perhaps on Monday morning has had a terrible weekend that you would have the understanding to sit with them and to talk with them and to listen to them and to pray with them if you get that opportunity to be there with them and so today I want to pray for you 